Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What an amazing psalm that we've been looking at for the past several weeks. It's not a petition. It's not a prayer. It's not a request. It's a declaration by David the shepherd saying, this is who my God is. Years ago, there was an airplane that was flying through some really rough turbulence. All of a sudden, the captain came on and told the passengers, buckle up, and the the, the stewards ran through the cabin and made sure everybody stowed their items away and were buckled up. And all of a sudden, the plane went up and down and up and down from side to side. And everybody started getting really nervous. Some started screaming. Some started crying. Some started praying. And this one young boy was there cool and calm the whole time. Well, thank God the plane landed safely. And as everybody got off the plane, one by one, they started going to the young boy, asking him how come he was so cool, calm, and collected. And he simply said, the pilot, that's my dad. (laughs) He had great faith in his father. Now, our life journey is filled with, well, times of turbulence reasons for us to be fearful. And while we trust in God, well, there's moments where we're fearful. Psalm 23, 4 says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Now, there are three biblical valleys that I'm going to focus on today in our study. The first one is Psalm 23, verse 4. It's the valley of the shadow of of death. It's where we see fear come in. And Psalm 84, 6, it's the valley of Baca, or the valley of weeping and tears. And then there's the valley of Jehoshaphat, Joel 3, verse 12. And this valley is the valley of judgment, but also the valley of victory. When we think of valleys, we think of, well, crevices. We think of uh, kind of the nooks and crannies of the mountains coming down to form the valley, deep waters, fast-moving streams, wells. And the shepherds enjoy these valleys because of the green grass growing there and the good food for their flocks. The fact that it's, it's flanked by the mountains on both sides allow for shade to be there, to keep them sheltered from direct sunlight covered by the shadow of the mountains. The height of the mountains could impose darkness on the valley, and thus we have in Psalm 23 the shadow 
the valley of the shadow of death. Now, we also know about the valleys that, well, there's predators there. There could be um, mountain lions, uh, wolves, coyotes, bears, various kinds of predators that come down into the valley floor to see what could be their next meal. I want to talk to you first about the valley of the shadow of death. Hebrews 9.27 says that man is destined to die once and after that to face the judgment. So death is unavoidable. It's set for all of us. Now, I know we don't want to talk about death too much, but, but, but did you know the death rate is still one per person? And the Bible gives us phrases like water split on the earth, which cannot be recovered. So we must die. And Job even tells us that death is appointed for all the living. Psalms tells us that all wise men, foolish and senseless, will die one day. And Ecclesiastes chapter 8 warned us that no one has the power over their day of death. But David sings, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. No fear. No fear at all. Psalm 18 verse 6 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? And back to Psalm 23 4, it bears repeating, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now the Latin word is fortis, fortis, which is where we derive our word comfort from. It means to be strong. It means to come alongside someone and to give them strength, to fortis, to fortify their life. And we must bear that in mind when we hear this verse that the good shepherd comes to give us strength and comfort in the midst of our valley experiences that can be fearful. We fear negative possibilities. We fear making wrong decisions. We fear making a fool of ourselves or losing the regard of people that we want, well, that we want their respect from. We fear depression. We fear despair. We fear pain, physical harm, disease, death. We fear loss and the loss of ability to to live our lives the way we choose, to succeed in life, to succeed in work, to live out our expectations. And some of us have fear about our kids or our grandkids as we raise them and give them to a time, a time of the future that's uncertain. You see, the valley of the shadow of death stands for everything that would seek to destroy the purpose and plan of Christ to give us life in all of its fullness. Let me say it again. The the, the valley of the shadow of death stands for everything that would seek to destroy the purpose and plan of Christ to give us life in all of its fullness. And you will remember that John 10, 10, The passage that talks about Jesus as our shepherd also says that he's come to give us life and life more abundant. David could confidently say, I fear no evil. Now here's what we know about fear. 
Fear weakens us and leads us to defeat, while courage and confidence leads us to victory. Fear paralyzes faith. It, it keeps us from believing and hoping and trusting. And fear distracts us from the Lord on whom we should focus. And when fear grips you, you die before your time. Literally and figuratively, things die in us. It should be alive in us. So I have a question for you. Where is God desiring to give life in you, life to you, that you are allowing to die? Or you're sabotaging the life that God wants to give you. Or you're not embracing the life that he wants to deliver to you. Your dreams, your hopes, your ministry, new learning opportunities, new skills to learn, sharing your faith with others, being generous, loving like never before. And the second valley I want to look at is the valley of tears. Psalm 84, verse 5 and 6 says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on a pilgrimage as they pass through the valley of Baca, or weeping. They make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. Now, not long ago on our Tuesday night Psalms study, we were in Psalm 84. And I shared then, and I'll share it now, that the valley of Baca actually has these trees that secrete sap. And it's said that they look like they're crying. They're crying trees or weeping trees. And as the people are on their pilgrimage to get to the temple or the presence of God, they have to go through the valley of tears. Hmm. Oftentimes it's said that if we want to get to the next mountaintop with God, we have to go through the valley. From mountaintop to mountaintop, there's always that valley place. And while some of us would love to live on the mountaintop, high and in the presence of God, enjoying the joy of the Lord, sometimes we go through the valley, and it's low, a valley of tears. A, a tear is a powerful tool to, to reach any person on the earth. It's more powerful even to reach God. And through the scriptures, we find people that cried out to God. Uh, Hannah, who was barren, wept before the Lord because she wanted a child so bad. It got God's attention. Emotions and hearts, hard to describe our physiology sometimes. But when you think about the fact that these little tear ducts are there to moisten our eyes and to act as a filter to keep the granulars of, of sand or the small particles of of whatever might be getting near eye, it, it, it serves as a protective coating for our eyes. But why are these little tear ducts somehow connected to the soul we can't see? When we're joyful, we cry. When we're sad, we cry. And to deny our emotions before God is to deny how he created us. I know some of you out there are stoic you're strong. Maybe you were raised in a family that said, hey, suck it up, buttercup. Don't you dare cry. Don't you dare grieve. 
But to deny our emotions with God is to deny, to deny the way he created us. To deny our emotions with each other is to miss out on the care and compassion as a result of doing life together. Not once in the Bible does it say grieve not, sorrow not, weep not, or cry not. What it does say is fear not because grief doesn't have any paralysis on us. Grief doesn't diminish our faith, but fear does. The Bible has plenty examples on how the saints use this tool to connect with each other, and as I said earlier, to get God's attention. Psalm 126, 5 and 6 says, sow with tears to reap with joy. David says that God loves the contrite and broken heart. Hezekiah prayed to God with tears, and his life was actually extended 15 more years. A father sought Jesus with tears for the healing of his epileptic son. And Jesus weeps with those who shed tears at the death of someone dearly loved and even close to Jesus. So here's the question. Are you going through the valley of tears right now? Are you experiencing grief? Are you experiencing loss? And how are you handling that? Well, let me encourage you quickly to give your heart to God and to cry. It's okay. Psalm 84, 4 says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. That's the verse right before the Valley of Baca is talked about, the Valley of Tears. For people that connect with God, there's a praising and there's a, a worship that almost doesn't make any sense. It's kind of like what Paul the Apostle said to us. Let the peace of Christ rule your heart and rule your mind, even in the valley of the shadow of death, even in the valley of tears. And one of my favorite passages in all the Bible that has to do with our tears is Revelation 21.4. It gives us a glimpse of the heart of God as it talks about heaven itself. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. And neither shall there be any mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. The former things have passed away. And another verse to catch the heart of the shepherd is Revelation 7, 17. For the lamb, which is Jesus, in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Elsewhere, the psalmist tells us that God captures our tears and puts them in a bottle. Their language to the Lord. Your emotion is language to God. But in this valley, in this valley, God brings his people through it and then into his presence. There are about 365 verses in the Bible that say fear not. God provided us with a fear not message for every day of the year. Perhaps God is saying, get the message? Don't be afraid. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, even in the valley of tears, don't be afraid. By the way, every time God showed up to someone, 
and especially when he sent his angels to people in the Bible, what's the first thing they say? Fear not, (laughs) fear not. The third thing I want you to see is another valley I found in the Bible. It's called the Valley of Jehoshaphat. It's a place of judgment, but it's also a place of victory. And it's called the Valley of Decision. In Joel chapter 3, verse 12, 13, and 14, it says, Let the nations be roused. Let them advance into the Valley of Jehoshaphat. For there I will sit to judge all the nations on every side. So swing the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. So great is their wickedness. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Now let me just stop quickly and say the valley of decision. You see, if you have decisions to make, if you're faced with, well, finding out should you do this or do that, God will give you wisdom. Again, from Psalm 23, the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. We don't want any other shepherd. He has the ability to lead us and guide us in paths of righteousness that we saw last week for his name's sake. And when we have decisions to make, he's right there with us. He doesn't withhold his wisdom or his guidance. It's interesting that the word Jehoshaphat actually means the judgment of God. (laughs) And thus the valley of Jehoshaphat is the valley of of judgment, but also victory. Here, Jehoshaphat overthrew his enemies and received his victory over a bunch of kings who came against him. And he made a powerful prayer in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, which is a fabulous chapter, And in verse 12, he said this, for we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Catch the lesson. In the valley of decision, in the valley of difficulty, oh, in the valley of tears, in the valley of the shadow of death, we keep our eyes on God. We fix our eyes on God, not on fear, but on God himself. Now, this valley, I think it's important to note, lies between Jerusalem and the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives was the scene of ascension. After Jesus did his earthly ministry, rose again from the dead and had his post-resurrection ministry, he stood on this mount and ascended back into heaven. Jerusalem was the place of crucifixion on the one side, And it will be the place of the end of everything. The valley of the shadow of death and the valley of tears find their end here. Why? With the Lord Jesus Christ, who was crucified and resurrected in Jerusalem and ascended into heaven from the Mount of Olives. All of this took place right here in this region, the valley of decision, the valley of judgment, the valley of victory the valley of Jehoshaphat. It's Jesus who brought an end to our sorrows. He is the God of victory and the God of success. He is the final judge. So our victories and our blessings are with him. Our salvation is from God, our good shepherd. And our good shepherd is named Jesus Christ, who leads us 
and guides us and comforts us so we can proclaim, I will fear no evil. David knew that shepherds always carried a rod and a staff to protect their sheep. And he knew that God had the power to protect himself. So David says, I trust in God. I will fear no evil. I won't let my mind start conjuring it up. I won't start worrying in such a way. I won't start obsessing about what could happen, what if, what may be. But I will trust in God with all my heart and not lean on my own understanding. I will trust in my shepherd that even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't fear any evil. And I will remember no matter how big and how scary the shadow may be. You can't have a shadow without light. If you see a shadow, that means there's light shining nearby. So the key when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, turn your back on the shadow and look towards the light. Turn turn your back on, on your fears and look towards God in faith. Turn your back on your past And look towards God who has a preferable future for each one of us. And turn your back on your shame and your guilt as you give your life over to the Savior who died to give you life and life more abundant, who died to forgive you of all of your sins. Let me end with this psalm, Psalm 48, 14. For this God is our God forever and ever, and he will be our guide even to the end. A great verse. Let me read it again. Psalm 48, 14. For this God is your God forever and ever, and he will be your guide even to the end. Because you are my shepherd, I commit all my needs to you. Provide green pastures for me to lie in. Lead me beside still waters. Restore my soul when I'm empty and lead me in paths that are right for your name's sake, for your glory. Be with me in danger when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death and deliver me from any kind of evil and protect me with your rod and your staff and I will not be afraid. Prepare a table to feed me so my enemies can see your provision. Anoint me with the oil of your healing. Let me drink from the full cup of your provision. For surely goodness and mercy will always follow me, and I will live with you forever and ever. What great promises today that no matter what we face, our God is greater still. What great promises today that no matter where we're discouraged, God is that great encourager. And what great promises today, we are not alone. God is on our side. His rod and his staff, they comfort you. If you've yet to give your life over to Jesus, I want to encourage you today to believe in him, to confess your sin to him, to invite you, uh, to invite him to be your savior, to give you what it is that you need, salvation, 
that you can't achieve on your own, not by works, lest anyone should boast. So trust in him. Believe in him who who died on a cross, who rose again from the dead, and who wants to save your soul. Allow him to be your shepherd. Oh, and last but not least, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. God is with you. Now, Lord, would you bless these dear people today? Wherever they're watching from, whenever they're watching, let your spirit rest upon them. Guide them in paths of righteousness and let them know that even when they go through the most difficult times in their lives, you're with them. Your rod, your staff, they comfort them. Give them your grace, your peace, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If there's anything we can do for you, please let us know. Uh, Prayer request, mylfc.com. You can fill out the form. You can call our office. We're here to help you in any way that we can. Oh, PSS, fear not. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.